So let's do it together right now. Let's pray over the message. Let's pray for this week of VBS together. Father, we thank you. We thank you in advance for what we do not see, but what we know. We have confidence in you, God. We have confidence in you that you reign holy, that you reign supreme. And so, God, we just thank you that as we open up your word today, as we talk about the power of agreement, Lord, we come into agreement this week, and we ask you, God, for the coming week, that you would send those who need to be here to hear the gospel. Lord, that all the children in this region, God, Lord, all those that are around, all those that are in their family, those who could drive by and see a sign or go on websites or find us through the internet, whatever they may do, Lord, would you intentionally, God, put us before others who need to be here, God, to hear your love, to experience your love. Lord, we pray for all the volunteers. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would give them, uh, Lord, your authority, your presence, that you would anoint them. Lord, we thank you, uh, God, as Marissa takes the lead this week with our vacation Bible school, God, that you would anoint her, that you would lead her, God, that you would give her and her team all they need, God. Lord, we just thank you and give you glory in advance for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to jump right into it this morning because the Lord really laid this specific phrase on my heart this week, and that was... The power of agreement. I think as we start to go through the summer, as we start to go through certain phases of our life, as I shared with you coming out of worship, what I think for some of you, you see as an end, God sees as a beginning. And I want to talk about that with you because I really feel like when most of you put a period at the end of your sentence, when most of you feel like the chapter has closed, you don't realize there's so many more chapters after. And I think that's why, I don't know about you, but most of my life growing up, I wasn't a huge reader, but I would read things I was passionate about and, and read as much. But how many of you have been in like a bookstore, and if the book is too thick, you just walk by it, right? Is that you? Anybody real out there? Is that you? Because that was me, right? You're just like, nah, and then you get to the one that's like 98 pages with all the cartoons and the pictures, and you're like, that's it. I'll take that one, you know? And, and, and the reason I say that is because there is just... If you think about most of those really, really thick books, they're biographies and they're beautiful stories that, that really just took a long time to tell because they actually had some content and meat. They actually had something that was just so worth pursuing and reading that as you closed one chapter, they were just so excited about a next chapter because it's funny, how many of you watch like a Netflix or something like that, right? You watch them. How many of you are just angry when something has one season? Anybody angry? You're like, there's got to be more than this, right? I just binge watched like nine episodes. There's supposed to be 40 more because I'm on vacation this week, right? It's funny how it works sometimes. What we truly desire, we chase after. And I think what happens, and I want to motivate you, I want to be a little bit of Coach Nick this morning because I just feel like for so many of us, we've allowed what seems to be the end to stay the end instead of just being a new beginning. And I want to attack it this way because what I understand in, in, in Amos 3.3 is that two can't walk together unless they agree. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. I really, really, if you're going to go this week and you're going to start a devotional tomorrow morning, do me a favor, take this point, take that moment, take this thought, and literally just see how far you get the rest of the week because you might be stuck on Amos 3.3. Two, cannot walk together unless they agree. Here's the difficulty, right? For our religious attitudes and thoughts that have been passed down through the years, right? I've heard many parents, many families, many people, they'll just say, be careful affiliating with unbelievers. 
Be careful hanging around people who don't know Jesus. Be careful talking to people who don't. Be careful. And I, and I want you to hear me because I'm going to jump over to, to a bunch of different places because I really feel it as the heart of God spoke to me this week in many different ways that we have to understand the power of agreement. Because I think for many of you, the religious attitudes of culture have begun to permeate and they've made tradition. But traditions are not what we honor in the Bible. We honor what God is doing, what he's done, and what he will do. Oh, and by the way, they're all the same. And so what I want you to grab hold of me this, with me this morning is that two can't walk together unless they agree. And I want for my young people in here, I want you to think about your friendships and your relationships. For my young adults, I want you to start thinking about the workplaces you're in. I want you to think about the relationships you're in. I want you to think about the people you're starting to surround yourself. For my individuals who are a little older or my married couples, I want you to think about what's going on in your marriage. I want you to think about what's happening in the agreements that you've made in your life and the ones that you're still considering. Or or the ones that you're living in. You see, the power of agreement knows no age. But the power of agreement is the foundation, is the basis on where we start from. And so for us, agreement, right, for us is in Christ. We agree together today that Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the light. Matthew 18, 19 says it this way. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, somebody say agree, on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. I'm asking you today, what have you agreed to? When you got married, what did you agree to? When you started dating someone, what did you agree to? When you had children, what did you agree to? <laughs> right? When you took the job that you recently took, what did you agree to? When you've allowed friends in your life in a certain capacity, what are you agreeing to? You see, I want you to begin to, to fight some of the things that you've heard people say for years and for decades towards you because what I'm going to understand and what you're going to get from at least I hope the end of this message is something I've said for a while now and decisions start with you. And so I need you to understand that when I preach most times, when I'm standing here, I'm just talking to you the way God spoke to me and the way as I just sat and asked the Lord what to even share this morning, I want you to understand and I hope this is for you. Because what I understand and what I'm starting to understand even more so about this is that agreements start with a mutual desire, right, from two or more parties to be unified in their thoughts and actions. And I love the word unified because you can quickly spot something that's not unified, amen? But what I love is that the power of being unified doesn't allow anybody to muddy the waters. And I want you to see it this way, right? When we're together in agreement, nobody can separate it. It's our, it's our wedding verse, right? When we talk from Ecclesiastes, the idea that three strands are not easily broken. Why? Let me just tell you something. Three people strands can be broken, but two people that are in agreement with God's will. Come on now. It cannot be easily broken. And you know what I love about that word easily is that word easily is not infinite because easily still involves two people other than God. And if we understand that covenant is half me and half you, or in your case, in your salvation, it's half God and half you. Come on now, somebody. If we start to understand the power of agreement, we can start to understand that everything we come into agreement is what we've given permission to in our life. 
And I think for some of you, if we really start to get honest, I think some of you are a little frustrated in your agreements with God. Anybody frustrated with God a little bit this morning? I think for some of you, there's times when you've walked in portions of your faith when, when you were just like, man, I wish I read the fine print a little better. <laughs> I wish I understood a little bit more about this God thing before I just jumped in and kind of dove into this, right? Because some of you might even just say it this way, like, hey, God hasn't done for me what I thought he would do. Come on. God hasn't been there in the times and the places and the thoughts. He hasn't kept his promises like I thought he would. You see, if we can be real about it this morning, the power of agreement and, and, and what happens and one of the things that happens out of agreement is disappointment. And so for many of us, we start to relate the other agreements to the ultimate agreement. And as we start and people disappoint us, as people don't hold their promises, as our children, you know, just stumble and walk through valleys and then they found the mountaintop, as we as individuals fall and, and find our way, we find ourselves in this place where we have to understand, and we've shared this, I know Mariano even shared this passage uh, a few months way back, but I, but I want you to just kind of hear me this morning, because for many of you, you're trying to fix things in your life, and you're forgetting about your primary agreement. You're trying to fix your job, you're trying to fix your family, you're trying to fix all the, the things around you and the pieces, but you're forgetting about your primary agreement. You're forgetting about the Jesus Christ who, when you came into agreement, said, listen, I got, I got to help you understand this. It is my way or the highway. People don't like to hear those kind of things today because they want their own opinions. They want their own thoughts. And now hear me, God didn't make us to be robots. He made us to be children. And children are submissive. Children walk in a way that they respect and know. And, and listen, you know this scripture, and I'm going to read it to you, but I hope it wakes you up this morning because it's one of those. This one could be found in Romans even, I feel like. It's one of those kind of scriptures. But Job 38, you see, Job kind of tried it like we do, right? Job was trying to be in that portion where he kind of shook his fist at God when he said, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this, God. I was a faithful one. I lost everything. I've lost my family, my riches, my wealth. I've lost my friendships. I've lost it all. Where are you, God? And he went, oh, let me read. Read with me if you don't mind. Job 38.1 said it this way. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and he said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand, who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and, warp, uh, and wrapped it in its, thick, in its thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and it set doors and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no further. Here is where your proud waves halt. Come on, somebody. We need to, have, we need to start having real conversations with God like this. I need you to see that some of you are starving for a real God, but you keep using the God that other people know as an excuse not to know the real one. There are those of you in here who could look me in the face and tell me till I am dead before him that you don't want to know him, but deep inside you need him and you know it. 
And not only do you know it, but there's going to come a day even for yourself when the door closes, when it's you and you and you in the room. And you have to make that decision to say, do I really want to know you like this? Do I really want to admit that you've been here even through my toughest times? Do I really want to admit that even, even in those moments where I felt like I achieved something, was I supposed to give you glory? Is somebody with me this morning? Verse 11, he said, when I said, this far you may come and no further, here is where your proud waves halt. I want you to know there's power in agreement. And I want you to begin to understand and analyze your personal walk with Jesus Christ in this time, in this season. Because I want you to begin to wrap your mind around what if, and I want to just kind of scroll back on my notes here for you this morning, but, but I want to say it this way. What if I told you that you had to come, in, excuse me, you had to come into agreement with what you've already been promised? And I ask it to you that way because I think for a lot of you, you're sitting here and you're shaking your fist at God. You're frustrated and God is just saying to you, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have to understand your promise is here. But you have to come into agreement with that promise and then you will have it in its due time. You see, this is the difficulty because people don't want to wait for a promise they don't have. They don't have the patience to sit around for what they don't see or hear or comprehend. But God's saying you have to understand, you have to be somewhere long enough to make a difference. Come on. You know why you don't like your job? It's because it changes every three months. And the same flawed people you found in the first job, you're going to find in the next one. The same church that you've hopped from over and over, right, is the same problems you're going to find here. Because there's people. Amen. Glad that woke you up this morning. <laughs> but there's something about God's promise that always remains the truth. And what I need you to start to do, and my hope in some of these messages recently, is that I need you to start taking things off other people, taking things off of God, and start putting them on yourself. The problem for some of you is that you're genuinely dealing with depression and anxiety and you're saying, and if you were being honest today, you say, Pastor Nick, I, I can't put it on me because I don't think me can handle it. And what I want you to understand is that it is in the crushing. It's in the pruning, in the breaking, that God shapes you and makes you the way he wants you. It's in the moments that he gets to have you as clay and he gets to mold you into the young man, the young lady, the amazing man and woman of God that you are. But he can't do that when you're already set. You see, in order to reset you, he's got to break you. He's got to allow you to understand and to walk through things. And for some of us, these theologies are very difficult because we're very frustrated. But I, I want you to, to hear me say it so much this morning. You have to take responsibility for your part in the agreement. I think it's a, it's a, a very difficult task for many of us because as we read these scriptures... And I'm going to continue to read in Job this morning. We find ourselves in a place of decision. And I really, as I made and I kind of crafted this, this, this message, and as I just began to, to fight back and forth with, with portions of it, I really just began to leave it where it was because I, I think this is a launching point for some of you in the realization of what God wants to do with you next. 
But I think sometimes, and for some of you, if you're like me, you're very much caught in what he wants to do in you, and you're forgetting about what he's doing in you. There is something happening right now that you have to pay attention to. Because if you allow him to work with you, if you allow him to shape you in the moment, what happens next, you will be prepared for in Jesus' name. Read with me here in verse 12. It says, have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light? I could picture Job in this moment, like taking out his iPhone, like Google Maps, abode of light. Where is abode of light? Like, I have no clue. <laughs> Verse 20. Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. How many of you know this is God's uh, sense of humor to Job? How many of you are a little sarcastic in your nature? Mm-hmm. Go talk to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But what's great about this moment, and it's something that I want to begin to teach and to begin to posture us with, is that I think for some of you, your faith in prayer and in practice has been so orderly, tradition, religiously related, that you forgot it has to be a relationship. You've forgotten that there is a moment that when we say yes and amen today, that for many of us, for many of us, almost all of us, there may not be church till next week, where we have a moment to come together like this again. And I want to challenge you in this place because I think that for many of you, you don't think you're in that place, but you have to begin to allow God to show you that there is a real relationship he desires with you. I want you to please, please take yourself out of where you are even in the moment and begin to see yourself with God. Begin to see yourself in that place where he is doing something in you, where there's power in agreement, but it's got to start somewhere. And for many of you, I want you to grab this because I, I, I want, I'm going to read it to you this way. Don't be frustrated at the one who signed and agreed to these terms with his blood. He did his part. Now it's our job to understand the power of that agreement that he shed, that he gave, that he walked, that he moved. He's a powerful God, Amen. Ian, you can come join me if you don't mind, bud. As we walk through the scriptures today, there are a few things that I want you to take and that I want you to move. And I want to provide some, some opportunity for prayer this morning. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask some people to come on up here and join me uh, to pray. But Amos 3.3, at the beginning of this portion, at the beginning of the scripture, is where I want you to start this week. You know, I know for a lot of us and for a lot of what we do and how we do it, there are some of you, and, and, and please take this for what it is for me today, if we would do one-tenth of what the pastor challenged us, we would be a better person most Mondays. I'm telling you, I've grown up in churches and I've sat through sermons that were two and a half hours long. I've sat in services where they were 10 minutes long. 
As I crafted this message, I wanted to do something, and I purposely wanted to end just a little earlier because what I'm going to ask is the worship team would begin to come back up here even now, just some of you. And the reason I ask that is because what I want you to do is I'm, I want to give you the excuse not to leave yet. Because what I want you to hear from me is this, right? Unless two agree, come on, they cannot walk together. And I think for some of you, you've got to go back and you've got to kind of look at your agreement. You've got to kind of begin to just kind of intro, retrospect. You've got to kind of begin to look at this thing called your relationship with God. And I need you to take this away. It's about your relationships. Brother T.D. Jake said it so simple. Either you will reach the world or you will honor your traditions. What does that mean? What's happened is worth noting. Come on now. But what's in front of us is an eternity worth chasing. And what that means is this. There's nothing wrong with celebrating things that have happened for many years and things that are over and over. But God's saying, listen, do me a favor. Put that in an appropriate place because there's a dying world who needs you. And I need you to chase hard after them. Oh, and by the way, if two agree, then we can go. And I want to challenge you this way because I'm telling you and I'm warning you now, towards the middle end, if not the end of August, I am going to begin to come before you and I'm going to challenge you to get out of your seat here at Living Word Church and get involved. I am going to challenge you to be a part of the gospel solution in union. I am going to begin to look at you and say, listen, please do me a favor. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. I'm glad that you are gifted in these areas, but I can't let you just sit there and get fed and get fat on Sunday morning spiritually. I need you to understand that you are gifted and anointed. The same way you see people that come up here and serve in teams, you are gifted and anointed. And the only way you will begin to understand the gifting, the anointing, and the authority in your life is if you begin to walk it. You can't keep looking at other people and say, oh, but they're just so good at that. I'll just kind of be here like this. No, no, no. They need this. They need your, they need your strength. You see, the Bible makes it so clear that we're uniquely made and gifted. And if that's the truth, then the body of Christ has to be activated. I've shared this many times, but I'll say it to you as your reminder today. The story and testimony of your life is the greatest sermon somebody could hear. You don't realize that titles don't impress people. We do realize it, but we don't talk like that when we're in church. Oh, it's the pastor. You're like, what? You think your best friend at the water cooler on Monday morning is going to care about me? I'm being real with you, amen? But when you look at them and they know your story, they know your life, they've seen you fail, they've seen you succeed, they've seen you walk, and you say to them, hey, hey, I want to talk to you for a moment. I want to share this with you today. You understand that you're the greatest evangelist in the world in that moment? Do me a favor. Just take a minute. Bow your heads this morning, and then we're going to close in worship today. Agreements start with a mutual desire for two or more parties to be unified in their thoughts and actions. With your eyes just closed and focused on God, 
I want to challenge you this morning in your thoughts and actions. They're the foundation of your life. And in coming in this agreement with Christ, just right now, just just ask Him, say, Lord, show me. Correct me. Lead me. Come on, just you and Him. Show me, Lord. Correct me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, just tell Him. The Bible says you confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart. That's what it is. It's relationship. You and Him right now. Jesus. And as He's showing you, and as you're asking Him, just give it to Him. Whatever He's showing you, surrender it to Him. just do a little something different while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and it's you and God just so I can pray with you if today you just need to redo that agreement if today you just want to make Jesus your Lord if today that that you just understand that there's things God's showing you right now and you want me to just pray with you right from where you are just stand up just stand up right where you are just right where you are I want to pray with you right from here if that's you today Jesus Lord it's me today God me Jesus, I come into agreement with your promise, your way. Jesus, redirect me right now, Father. Lord, I thank you this morning, right now, that the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is in this place. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have surrendered this morning. And I ask you, Lord, right now that you would anoint them, that you would give them more of you right now, God. Lord, that the agreement between you and them, Lord, would be made whole, that they would know it, God, and that they would live it and they would walk it, God. I just thank you so much for your power and presence, Father. Oh, Lord, we give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, church, this morning as we close? As you walk out of this place today, I say it as simple as this. As Amos 3.3, we declare it today. Two cannot walk together unless they agree. If this week you're confused, you don't know why, you don't know how, you don't know when, all you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is submit to his presence. 
And I want you to take that and I want you to run with that this week because it's going to be huge for you to begin to discern and to know God in a greater way than you do right now. And so, Lord, as we close today, as we worship today, we thank you that Amos 3.3 puts before us that two cannot walk together unless they agree. And so, Lord, as one people today, we ask you, Lord, that all things according to the will of God this week that you have for our lives, Lord, would you open our ears, our hearts, our minds. Lord, would you bring healing to the area that need it, God. Would you help us to understand that this is the beginning, not the end. Lord, we thank you that there's power in agreement. Today we sign a new agreement, God. Today we sign a new agreement with you. And we thank you, Father, that we can walk it out. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your power, your presence. And God, I just pray right now that you would refresh my brothers and sisters. Lord, I thank you, God, that as they partner together, Lord, as they walk with you, that miracles would abound. That this week, Lord, many people would come to know God because of those leaving and walking out of the doors today of Living Word Church. Lord, we thank you that we can worship you in freedom. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Would you be with them? Would you walk with them? And would miracles abound in and through their life this week? In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people say. Amen, amen. Let's give God a praise this morning, church.